we're in a new series started today called Family Matters. And if you think about it, in the day and time in which we live, there's a great attack on the family. Now, we know the enemy always wants to destroy everything that God puts together. God ordained the family, and so the enemy wants to destroy that. He wants to run and wreck that. If he can do that in our, in our marital relationships, if he can do that with our children, even with our grandchildren, our, our, our siblings, whoever it may be, he wants to just cause division uh, in those areas. And we see an attack on the family by Hollywood. We see an attack on the family by uh, even uh, some of our political leaders. We, we see it in society, even Disney and on and on I could go. The attack on the family to destroy what God put together and in the way that God put the order. And uh, this isn't really the message this morning, but even back at the very beginning, God set out how he wanted the family to look like. He created male and female and he put Adam and Eve together and he just started the trend there and uh, every since then, we know the enemy started working against the family as he went to Adam and Eve and he tried to deceive them and tried to get them to, to uh, turn on what God said not to do. And from that time on, he's been doing everything he can to just run family relationships. That's what he wants to do. And I know sometimes, and this isn't the message, but sometimes people like to focus on a particular sin or, or, or somebody would come in and they would say, preacher, you know, I've had a bad marriage or, or I've had a bad relationship or, or maybe you'd say, I wasn't raised in a, in a home where there was a lot of love shown and, 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 you know, I struggle with that. And can I just say this morning, if that's you, listen, the goal this morning is not to, to repair the past. We, we, can't, we can't fix the past. The goal is from this moment forward to make sure every family relationship that we have uh, goes according to the Word of God, that we find what God's Word says so that we can have good, healthy, uh, healthy and whole families. And so that's the desire. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible says, these are the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you do them in the land where you go to possess it that you might as fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes, His commandments, which He commanded you, you and your sons and your sons' sons, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you in the land that flows, flows with milk and honey." Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I have commanded you this day shall be in your heart, and you will teach them diligently unto your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walkest by the way, and when you have liest down, and when you rise up. And so we see the scripture begins to share, this is what you need to teach to your family. I want to talk this morning for a few moments on this thought, how to build a solid family or how to build solid. Father, I pray that you'd fill us with your power. Speak to hearts. God, how important it is in this day and time that we go to your word to find what we need to build strong families. Bless this morning. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to say this morning, family matters to God. So if it matters to God, it ought to matter to us. 
Strong families don't just happen. You don't just wake up one day and have a great relationship with your spouse or have a great strong family uh, balance. It doesn't just happen. They are the result of deliberate intentions, determination, and practice. You have to work hard to have a solid family. You have to work hard at having a solid relationship. And covenant relationships are a solid foundation of strong families. It's about having that true biblical covenant relationship. Uh, In other words, uh, I don't treat my relationship casually. I don't treat it it flippantly. Uh, I work hard at being uh, what I said I would be in that relationship. And I make sure that I follow God's word. Now, God's plan for the family began all the way back in the book of Genesis Matter of fact, Genesis was such a long time ago, you can't get more ancient, more prehistoric than Genesis. It goes back to the the beginning, and yet so much has remained the same uh, in marriage and family dynamics over these years. There's so much that's still true all the way back from the beginning to now. And, And as I mentioned, the devil's trying from the beginning to now to destroy the relationships, but having a right relationship all the way from then to now really is the same, and it's all about following God and His Word. Whether it's things that, that, that undermine or, or, or fortify a marriage or, or, or the relational habits that, that end up dividing a parent from their child. Uh, there's plenty to learn from the book of Genesis and there's plenty to learn from the word of God. Sibling rivalries, marital disappointments, domestic pain, even redemption. We can find it all in Genesis and we can find many of the, the great stories about families throughout Scripture. By the way, I'm glad that God didn't put uh, all in the Bible perfect stories. I'm glad that, that all the stories aren't all the positive things that people did. He even put some of the negative things, some of the sin and some of the problems they had. And the reason he did that is because he wanted us to understand, listen, uh, that none of us live a perfect life here. We all go through problems. We all go through pains. We all go through struggles. We all go through difficulties. We've all said things that we didn't mean. We've all had bad relationships that that we uh, maybe had to work hard to repair. Maybe they couldn't be repaired. We've went through those things and and we've struggled with it. And God put all these things in, in his word so that you and I could have some hope this morning. That's why over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at the kaleidoscope uh, uh, stories of Scripture about family colored with meaning and shadows with reality and and what God's Word really says about this. And this morning, I want to talk about how to build solid when it comes to our family. How, How do we build a solid family? If you're just getting married or maybe you're just having children, maybe you're empty nesters, I've heard that's a great place to be at. I have some friends that said they were worried when their children was, was going to leave what it would be like, and they said it was the greatest thing that ever happened in their life. <laughs> maybe you're enjoying the grandchildren, or maybe you're reaching the golden years of your relationship. Listen, we need to understand family matters. It's important, and, and, and the family matters. And if it does matter, we need to make sure that we follow God's path and plan for our family relationships. Listen, this day and time in which we live the family has never been attacked like it's been attacked today. It's sad, but our children grow up watching some of the the programs today, and they always make the parents look like a bunch of buffoons, like they don't know anything, especially they love, and, and, and you can like it or lump it, I don't care, but they love to make the dads look like they're just pathetic. They try to sour what God says is important. And it's no wonder our children don't respect, their parents don't respect their authority because they watch it on TV, how the disrespect comes out of children. And we live in a day and time where culture, listen, is driving this this narrative. They're trying to drive a wedge in what God says is good, healthy 
families. So we see from Scripture four guiding principles for strong families in a post a Christian culture. First of all, here's, here's what we need to look at. If we're going to have a strong biblical family, we've got to hear truth continually. In chapter 6 of verse 4 of our text, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The word of truth God entrusted to man an instruction manual for life, and it's called the word of truth. He gave us his word so that we can know what is truth. How do we find what God has for us? He instructs man to become well acquainted with what truth is. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God gave us the word so that we could uh, get in there and find out what His word says. But then the Bible tells us about the spirit of truth. For those who accept the reality of God's truth in the word of truth, God provides a special teacher to teach us the truth. Here's what scripture says. It says, when when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to guide us in the truth that's found in the word of God. There's some people who love to say, the spirit told me this, but if it doesn't match with scripture, he didn't tell you it. Because he always guides us in truth. Not only do we see the spirit of truth, but the man of truth. As the Holy Spirit illuminates the mind from the word of truth, He will always point mankind to Jesus Christ. Here's what John 14, 6 says. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, He always points people to the truth. Jesus doesn't just share the truth. He is truth. He's the truth that we can count on. He's the truth that we can rely on. We put our faith, our trust in Him. But then He talks about the house of truth. When Scripture's talking about the house of truth, what's it referring to? It talks about the house of truth. There's a place that God has ordained to be the place where we hear and we know truth, and it's called church. Man, it's wonderful to come together and be able to worship and praise. But can I say it's important that when we come, we hear the word of truth open and declared. I've never been in this kind of a church, but I've had multiple people tell me this in more recent days that they've been to churches where the preacher got up and he spoke and never once did he give any scripture from God's word. Can I say this morning, listen, man will lie to you. We, we, listen, we of ourselves, we're deceptive, we'll lie. I, I don't want to rely on some man's word. I want to hear from the word of God that is truth. And we see, listen, we go to the house of God so that we can hear truth. I, 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 I love hearing people's stories this morning. There was a, a gentleman that came last week that, that rededicated his life to the Lord and he was sharing what God had, had done in his heart. And I love hearing testimony, I love hearing stories. But one of the things I loved as he was sharing it was he shared a verse that God had spoke to his heart about. And can I say, listen, we've got to be about sharing the truth of God's word. So we've got to hear truth continually. You know, if you're struggling in life, if you're going through some difficulties, maybe you need to get into hearing the word of God a little more. Are you standing like Pilate in confusion? What did he say? What is truth? Well, God's word clearly says it. So hear truth continually. But not only that, if we're going to make sure our family is following truth, secondly, we need to love the Lord passionately. He says that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I have commanded you this day shall be in your heart. So many don't know what love is today. It's sad. Most people think it's maybe just a sexual thing. So, so, many, so many people don't know what true love True love sticks together through thick and thin. I love it when you have siblings. It's funny. You know, they'll fight. I got four boys. 
they fight. I know boys fight differently than girls. Here's, here's what boys do. They get mad at each other. Somebody makes, makes a mistake, messes up, whatever. They have a knockdown, drag out wrestling match. When that's done, five minutes later, they're friends again. When ladies fight, when girls fight, they may not speak to each other for three weeks. I mean, they know how to hold a grudge. It may not get physical, but there is a mental game that takes place. And what is happening is, is they're preparing for one day when they get married. And they'll play those same mar- that mental games on their spouse. Amen. They'll see something that reminds them of something you did six months ago that you've forgotten about. Anyhow, that's not what I'm preaching on this morning. But I love kids will get mad. They'll find brothers. They can be fighting. I mean, they can, I mean, knock down, drag out. But somebody outside the family tries to mess with them. They're together and they're ready to knock you out. Like, don't you mess with us. But so many people don't know what love is today. So many broken homes, they don't understand what true love is, what it means for somebody to love them unconditionally. You say, preacher, I I was raised in such a situation that there wasn't a lot of love shown. I, I was telling the men last night at, the, at the, uh, the fish fry, I said, you know, guys, you've got to make sure your wife knows that you love her. It's not enough to say, well, I told her I love her when we got married, and if anything changes, I'll let her know. No, they like to hear it daily. I love you. You're so wonderful, sweet, precious, all that. They like to hear those words. It, it's amazing how oftentimes, listen, just a little love and compassion go a long way. Love. But not only that, We've got to love who? The Lord. I also told the men, it's amazing how many guys will spend hours and days and weeks and months teaching their boys or teaching their kids how how to find a car and how to play sports, but very rarely do they teach them what the Word of God says. Now, this isn't my survey, but I read, I shared this last night, 79% of of families in church, 79% of families in church, the spiritual aspects of the family are led by the mother. I'm not knocking the ladies, but the reason that's happening is because most men aren't stepping up. But God says the husbands are to be the head of the home. Not that we stomp over, not that we rule and reign like a king. No, no, no. But that we take the initiative to teach our family. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And we have a passion for the Lord. Not only that, we see thirdly, we're to teach the young diligently. He says in, in verses 7 through 9, to teach your children diligently. Our children are being taught so many falsehoods today. I mean, sometimes I, I don't know if, if we're over the age of probably 40 or over. I don't know if we truly are comprehending what this generation is going through. The kind of pressures that are put on, the things that are put right in front of them because of technology and everything else. And they're battling things that you and I don't understand. Look, when we were growing up, we weren't confused about what gender we were. Matter of fact, if I would have ever went to my parents and said, I, I think I might be a girl. I don't want to be crude, but my parents might have stripped my clothes off in public and said, what do you think now? I would have never even thought about telling them that. Isn't it amazing, though, the day and time in which we live They're not being taught the truth. Yet God says to teach our children diligently. We've got to remind them, listen, that that this is so important. We need to remind our children they're a blessing, not a burden. 
So many kids today are, 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 are told that they don't mean anything. They're not important. You know, I know parents like to take credit. We brought you into this world and God uses parents. But in the reality, God created those children. And if God created them, that means there's something special about them. The media today sends the message that children are an unwanted expense, an interference in careers, or maybe an untimely accident. But can I say there's no mistakes, there's no accidents, there's no surprises with God. You may not have been planning on having that child, but God knew and God had a purpose for them. Hey, listen, you ought to tell your children they're a blessing. I know. Children can be annoying sometimes. Would somebody agree with that? I got one honest person in here this morning. Y'all are like, my child, such an angel. Yeah, we've seen that demon child. What are you talking about? Children can be annoying. I, I sometimes love to be an annoyance to my kids. They're like, Dad, what are you doing? I was like, because my parents did this to me, and I'm passing it on. Amen. And one day you'll have kids, and you can pass it on to them. But as much as I, I love to give our children a hard time, listen, they need to know they're a blessing. Last night, of course, Candace was out of town for a few days this week. And praise the Lord, she got back yesterday. It is hard to be the mom and the dad running these kids around, especially the young boys. They got karate. They got baseball. They got all this going on. They went with me to uh, some of my meetings this week as I was doing pastoral stuff and trying to go back and forth. And, and uh, Miss Tammy knows, our secretary, she knows. I was in and out so much this week because I was like, I got to run, take the boys here. I got to go here and crossing all over the place. And last night we were all at the house. And, and I, as I was getting in bed, I just said a, 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 a thank you prayer to the Lord because my wife and I and our four boys were there. And it was what a blessing to have the entire family under one roof. I know it won't be long. They're going to be moving out. I'm, I'm praying. No, I'm just kidding. Jordan's getting married here in October. I'm hoping they're planning on living somewhere else. Amen. <laughs> won't be long. They'll move out. Hey, but listen, we need to remind our children they're a blessing. They're not a mistake. We had a few years ago, this, they're not here in our church anymore, either family, but a few years ago, we had a family, a friend of mine, they, I'd met him on a film and invited him to come to church. And they had, a, a, I think, a six-year-old daughter and twin four-year-olds. They came to church. And, and first time they'd ever come, and I didn't know much about spiritually where they were at. Didn't know if they knew the Lord. Came to church. After church, uh, their kids started playing on the ramp. I mean, just going crazy on the ramp. And we had a lady that used to go to our church, and she was a Karen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No, for you older people, that doesn't mean her name was Karen. It just means Karens is what they call people that are always getting on to everybody. Why are you sitting in my seat? Why are you parking here? That's a Karen. What's the man version of it? What is it? It's not a Ben. It's not a pastor. Shame on both of you. My boys are freezing, but they tell me all the time what it is. Anyhow, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, too... If I'm not mistaken, when my wife calls Zach on the phone, he has mom saved as Karen. Anyhow, and, uh, shame on him for that. But she started snapping at the kids. We don't do that in church. We don't play around like this. This is after service. And then she went over to the parents to let them know that's not how we act in church. And here was my thought. I, I found out later that I was so upset. Have you even asked them if they know Jesus? I would rather have kids run around and destroy the building and reach them with the gospel than to have a perfect building with no children in it. I'm praying for the day we have more kids than adults because, to be honest, they're a lot more fun. 
I mean, up there in Kids World right now, they are dancing, they are partying, they are having a good time. I'd like to say they're excited about the message. That's why they're bouncing around. But Jesse's not that good of a speaker. They're just ready to do something else. I mean, they're going crazy. Children need to understand what a blessing they are. In my school, when I was growing up, we used to play a lot of basketball. And we'd pick teams. We'd split it up. And there was always that one guy who was the last one to be picked. Nobody wanted him on their, on their team because he wasn't very good, just to be honest about it. And they would go back and forth. I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. And finally they'd get to it and the last guy would get picked. And man, you know, just, well. And they'd bring him on the team. And that guy, honestly, you, you felt bad for him because the captains didn't want him. They battled back and forth who had to take him. <laughs> I wonder, you ever, you ever been the last one to be picked on a, on a sport? You ever been the last one to be selected? That poor boy feels like I'm no good. You're stuck with me. I guess I'm on your team. You have to have me. There are many kids that are like that in families because of the way they're talked about. And they feel as though they're not wanted. And this morning, listen, we need to teach the young diligently. We've got to get them in the Word of God. Maybe the reason there's so many people who, who struggle in families is because they never got them to the place where they got a heart for the things of God. Now, I want you to hear this. I know there's people that have raised family in church and they've went astray. But I want you to understand this. The key for any relationship to work is for us to get the truth of God's word. So that means our children need to grab a hold of the truth because if truth is from Scripture, our children need to grab the truth. And if they grab that truth and we have the truth, we can come together through the truth of God's word. If a marriage relationship is going to work, the Bible says we shouldn't be unequally yoked together. In other words, a believer and a non-believer. Because if we're not both on the same page that our source of truth comes from God's word, we'll struggle in those relationships. Our relationships have got to be built around the truth of God's word. You say, well, what do I do with a relationship of somebody that doesn't believe this book? You keep sharing them the truth and you keep praying for them that they'll catch the truth, that they'll see the truth. Listen, we've got to teach young diligently. And lastly, we've got to fear the Lord greatly. Verses 10 through 15, he talks about this fear. He says, when the Lord your God has brought you in this land, he talks about how you'll fear him. Now, we're talking about a biblical fear. Sometimes people think fearing God is, I'm afraid that he's going to disappoint. I'm afraid he's going to whoop me. No, not that kind of fear, a fear of a reverence. Lord, I don't want to ever do anything that, that displeases you. I want to be somebody that, that you're proud of. You know, as a child growing up, for me, there was nothing greater than my dad telling me he was proud of me. I remember on a few occasions he did that. Did that one time, uh, several times after some ball games, and I had a, a, maybe a good game, scored some points or whatever. Maybe one particular game I, I won the, 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 the game-winning shot, and, and he, he said, man, I'm proud of the way you played. And he said, you did awesome. And, boy, that made me feel good. I remember my first time I, I, after I preached, not the first night, but the second time I preached, and I preached at that conference there's a pastor's group there, and I wasn't even supposed to preach just from the pulpit. The pastor asked me to come up, and it was a crazy time, but I got done, and we were heading home. It was just my dad and I, and he said, man, I am so proud of you. I loved hearing that. That's how we ought to want God. I want you, I want you to be proud of me. I don't want to disappoint you. Lord, Lord I, I fear you in such a way that I, I want my life to please you. I want it to be about you. Let me ask you a question. Does your family... Do you have a mission statement? You know, churches have mission statements. A lot of times businesses will have mission statements. I think it's good for families to have a mission statement. This would be a suggestion, something that you could use. 
This, ought to be a, this, I think, would be a good mission statement. The Lord is our God. We acknowledge his presence, his uniqueness, his place, and his right to rule over us. We seek his will. We endeavor to walk in his way as followers of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and Lord. You ought to put some kind of a statement like that. Whether your children are still at home, whether it's just you and your spouse, this is what we're going to live by. Listen, this morning, the devil is doing all he can to destroy the home. He wants to destroy those relationships. In just a few weeks, there will be more marriages taking place. Hopefully in the next few days, there will be another new baby coming in with Jeremiah and Sarah other family dynamics that are changing, growing, a lot of things happening within the congregation of this church, all these things taking place. But listen, we're never, we're never going to have a good, solid family relationship apart from this word. This is what we've got to build upon, the truth of God's word. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to God when it comes to family. Family matters. Before God instituted the church, before God instituted government, God instituted the family. It, it's sad, but sometimes families get their priorities out of order. With our children, as we raise them, we'll talk about this in the weeks to come. We, we think school is their number one priority. We think this is the number one priority. But can I say the number one priority for all of us when it comes to our children and grandchildren is to put the Lord first. The Catholics used to say, if we can have your children from the ages of zero to five, if we can have them, they'll probably never leave the faith. The reason they said that is, if you try to teach your children the truth of God's word at 16 and 17, if that's when you start, sometimes it's too late. You've got to start with them young. A lot of parents think, well, I'll teach them one of these days. Teach them now what God's word says. Teach them the truth now. You know, there's a lot of conversations that happen that parents should have with their kids. Unfortunately, they don't have them, and other people do. And I'd rather my children hear the truth from God's word from us than from a friend who doesn't get in the scripture. We've got to teach them the truth. So we must build solid, and the only way we do that is upon the word of God. Father, we love you this morning. I pray that you would help us to be faithful in our relationships when it comes to family Lord, let us put you first. Let us seek you first. Father, let us be pleasing to you in all that we do. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would help build strong families within this church. Help us to understand we get that from Scripture. Let us go there for truth. Bless this time.